Delicious meets nutritious in the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios. Each one-ounce serving of wonderful pistachios has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value and making wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts. But perhaps more than that, I love all of the flavors they have. Their sea salt and vinegar ones are my favorite when I'm craving that flavor but want to keep it healthy. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors, like chili roasted, honey roasted, smoky barbecue, and jalapeno lime, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. So fill up with a healthy snack when hunger strikes. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. It's another Q&A edition of Optimal Health Daily, episode 1680, and I'm Dr. Neil Malik. Hey there, happy Friday and a happy April Fool's Day. Welcome back to another Q&A edition of Optimal Health Daily, where I answer your health questions related to fitness, diet and nutrition, and lots more. You send in the questions, and I answer them for you. Now, once a month, usually during the first Q&A episode of the month, I mention a bit about my background and credentials so you can better understand where my perspectives come from. And given this is the first Q&A of the month, it's time. Now, I've always been obsessed with Batman, but I wasn't always interested in nutrition, exercise, health and wellness, you know, all the stuff I talk about on this show. But being diagnosed with a chronic disease at the age of 19 definitely changed my life's purpose. It was then that I decided to focus my attention on helping others so that no one else had to experience a chronic disease diagnosis like I did. But in order to do that, I wanted to have some credibility. So again, this is not meant to be a humble brag, but instead to gain your trust. I received both my master's and doctoral degrees in public health. And to make sure I really covered all of my bases, I also became a registered dietitian nutritionist, a certified health education specialist, and a certified exercise physiologist through the American College of Sports Medicine. Now, I've been teaching in higher ed for over 14 years, and I'm currently faculty within the California State University system. I publish peer-reviewed studies, I presented at national conferences and have been interviewed by over 70 different media outlets for my expertise on basically all the stuff I talk about on this show. So all of this to say that when I provide my commentary after each episode and answer the questions you send in on Fridays, I hope you feel as though it's coming from a place of truth. My only intention is to help you feel your best. All right, and with that, let's get to today's question as we optimize your life. Today's question came via email. Longtime listener Steve writes, I was wondering if you could talk about how muscular development happens at the tissue level with muscle tears and such. If you could discuss what drives muscle bulk versus muscle sculptness as well, that would be great. Thank you so much for taking the time to send in your question, longtime listener Steve, and thank you for listening since the very beginning of this show. Now, some of the mechanisms by which muscles grow are still a bit of a mystery. Given how far science has come, it's so interesting that the actual physiology behind muscle growth can only be partially explained. But I'll share with you what scientists know up to this point. Now, back in 1989, a team of researchers tried to answer your very question, Steve. 
They summarized their findings along with findings from other studies and titled it Strength Training of Skeletal Muscle. In this article, they describe what they and other researchers found about what stimulates muscle growth and how that happens. I'll summarize some of that here. You know how when I talk about weight management, I always say, if you want to gain weight, you have to consume more calories than you burn. Well, building muscle follows that same rule. In order for muscle growth to happen, more muscle needs to be made than broken down. Yes, muscle breakdown happens, all the time in fact. And the rate of muscle breakdown speeds up as we age. Plus, muscle breakdown occurs at different speeds. There's more rapid breakdown of proteins that happen just to help us sustain life, in our organs, for example. But what we're talking about here is longer-term protein breakdown. But either way, the same rule applies. We need more proteins being transformed into muscle than being broken down for energy or some other function. In order for this to happen, there are various processes involved. The first is muscle stimulation. I've talked about this on the show before. If we want muscles to grow, they need to be stimulated. You could be eating all the extra protein in the world, but without actual muscle stimulation, the protein you're eating will never get to the actual muscles. We have to create a demand for protein in the muscles themselves. The best way to do that is by working those muscles. Resistance training is probably the best way to create that demand. Exercise also helps stimulate muscle-growing hormones, like growth hormone, and testosterone. Combined with protein, this helps create an environment that will promote muscle growth. Now, as you asked, Steve, why does tearing of the muscle tissue result in larger muscles? For example, I've talked about delayed onset muscle soreness, or DOMS, on this podcast many times. I've said that delayed soreness happens as a result of the muscles experiencing very small tears, known as micro-tears. These tears cause us to experience pain in the form of soreness. As the body heals these micro-tears, the muscles end up growing larger as a result. The theory behind why this occurs goes something like this. The damage, or micro-tears, leads to the secretion of hormones like prostaglandins and something called insulin-like growth factor 1. These hormones then signal cells found near our muscles to become activated and become part of the muscle tissue. By these new cells becoming part of the muscle tissue, they help repair those tears and add to the muscle's overall size. In fact, some researchers believe insulin-like growth factor 1 is so important for the overall health of the muscles, they use it as a way to determine a person's overall health and fitness level. They have found that higher concentrations of insulin-like growth factor 1 are related to better cardiovascular strength and lower levels of body fat. They've also found that those with higher concentrations of insulin-like growth factor 1 have higher levels of cardiovascular fitness and muscular endurance. The hormone insulin itself also seems to play a role in muscle growth. I talk about how the post-workout meal may be more important than the pre-workout meal when it comes to maximizing muscle growth. Part of the reason for this is because after exercise, the muscles are starving. We've created a demand for the muscles to want to refuel. So if we can supply them with the right fuel within 30 minutes of finishing our workout, it may make it even more likely that the nutrients we eat will be sent to the muscles. Whenever I suggest post-workout meal or snack ideas, I always say that the bottom line is to get in some protein and some carbs. Consuming protein right after a workout is pretty straightforward. 
we hope the protein we eat gets sent to the muscles to help repair them. The carbs will help the protein get absorbed and will make the body secrete insulin. The body releases insulin when we eat carbohydrate. That insulin will help our cells, including our muscle cells, get refueled. This will then help with the repair and growth process. Now, what about getting the muscles to look a certain way? Like sculpting those muscles, having those abs pop, or in my case, those shoulders to look like huge boulders. Well, that comes down to incorporating isolation exercises as part of our resistance training. These are exercises that target the specific muscle groups you want to sculpt. Just like a sculptor spends time crafting the perfect shape, we need to do the same. So if you want those abs to look sculpted, chances are we need to spend some time working on them. And if you think about a sculptor, they don't just use one tool or one angle when they're sculpting. They often use multiple tools and different angles to make everything look just right. We need to do the same with our workouts. Incorporate a variety of exercises and movements. Oh, and just like a sculptor, we need to be sure we have time and patience to create that masterpiece. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it filters out incompatible applicants. So when you're hiring, the process is much faster and you only have to consider applicants that are already likely to be a great fit. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash health. Just go to indeed.com slash health right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash health. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thank you again so much for the question, Steve. Now, if you want your question answered right here on the show, you can email one to health at oldpodcast.com. Or if you want your voice played on the podcast, come by oldpodcast.com slash ask. Right on that page, you can record straight from your computer's microphone. It's really easy and you can even play back your message and do retakes before sending it in. Or you can do it the old-fashioned way and call in your question. The number is 61 I love OHD. All right, thank you so much for listening every day. Thank you for listening all the way through. I hope you have a great start to your April Fool's weekend and I'll see you back here tomorrow where your optimal life awaits.